0: The Theonauts, episode 120, the one where we go to the other side of the road because we don't want to get any blood on our robes. The Theonauts
1: podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing. But the honor of kings is to search out a matter.
0: Explore the vast reaches of God's Word.
1: Hello, all you Theo Levites out there. I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are The, the, the Theonauts. Theonauts. Oh, I didn't push the button.
0: Why did you do the that? The Theonauts! Ruined the whole thing. <laughs> dude i really feel like our intro could also be music at a rave like we really need some like black lights and some yeah exactly pants and boots
1: and pants (laughs) i'm
0: I'm almost like up and dancing and you know going crazy out here we just need some a flash of light that's kind of
1: funny is i just threw that together with garage band it's pretty good whenever we started i think you might be the
0: next dead mouse man (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty epic. I, DJ. I probably should
1: update it now and put a little, uh, put a, put a little, what do you call it? Um, I don't know.
0: Oh, my mind's gonna 21 Pilots? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> a beat drop. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> my mind is going dubstep. Dubstepping. That's what I, we need to I put mean, some I mean, it's dub-step. close to
0: dubstepping. <laughs> That's hilarious. Of course,
1: dubstepping's about done, I think. Don't you think that's yeah, that's kind of a fad? It was kind of I don't weird. know, man.
0: Is it still happening? I still like it. Yeah, every once in a while I need it. I need it to get in the zone. Yeah.
1: I think I, I kind of equate it to like rap core. You know, you had that about that five or six year <laughs> time frame where guys were rapping and metal music together. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, POD and those guys, right? That's kind of a thing of the past now.
0: That was, that was good stuff. South Down, <laughs> Down. Yeah, that was good stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, but you, you got these progression bands coming out now and I guess they're pretty old, but 21 pilots, which is just absolutely yeah. in this world. I've listened to them a little bit. I haven't really liked. Oh my goodness. You know just got to go and put it on your playlist and just listen through. <laughs> they're just really good. And some of their songs, like some of the, the thematic elements are just mm-hmm. brilliant. Listen to, Uh, Car car radio, like actually what it says, (laughs) and it just blows your mind. It's so good, so truthful. I'd like to use them for youth, like to teach youth. Yeah, because yeah, some some of them are so like so. Car radio is basically about how this guy every time he turns off his or his car radio got stolen. Mm -hmm. So every you know every time he's driving his car, he gets frustrated because his mind starts to actually think for a change, <laughs> instead of just... So you can't just zone out. ...round out by, yeah. like, all the... And it's a really good idea, you know, for all the media that, that hits us to yeah. shut it off and actually start thinking for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's like his mind just explodes about concepts of who who is a God and all this stuff. Yeah. He's like, it's so good. Anyways. <laughs> all right. That, that has nothing to do with... How okay. are you doing, David?
1: Good, good. I, I just got through watching a movie this afternoon. What was it? I went to see uh, Hidden Figures. Did you?
0: Mhm. Did you like it?
1: I liked it a lot. Really? Yeah, I mean, I didn't love it, but I liked it a lot. It was very true to the um, space program. Right. I mean, it was very I, th- I think it was pretty historically accurate. They probably embellished you know, to make their point, they made some dramatic. Well, it was a very, it was, it was a, it was a segregation movie. I mean, that it's. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like, um, you know, remember the Titans or whatever. It, really? It, it, it's. A, I didn't know that. Yeah, because it's all about, you know, um, how the blacks were treated um, yeah. in the workplace and that sort of thing. And it was kind of funny because you know you had this was before real computers,
0: right. you know,
1: electronic computers, and so. They they called these people that did math for them computers, right? And they had a whole group of colored computers, <laughs> right? And they were basically, you know, these black people, these black women, and but they were segregated, and and they did, you know, the math and the, you know, because it was kind of seen as a subpar
0: really?
1: job. So they were down there making computations for. the But missions if it weren't for
0: them. Right, none of that would have happened. Yeah,
1: and and it focuses really on three um, main three main ladies black and
0: computers. Yeah,
1: that that really served well in the space program. Yeah, um, but it, the whole thing takes place around the Mercury Seven project okay. of getting a man into orbit,
0: sure. uh,
1: which which kind of started with Alan Shepard and ended with John Glenn actually making orbit. And so anyway. I, from that perspective, you know, I love the space program and all that, so it was really cool and nostalgic and and all that. But at the same time, it was also this this uh, um, show about social justice. Sure. And so it was it was cool. I, I I liked it.
0: I thought it was a chick flick when my wife said, "I'm going to go watch this movie about the." She told me it was about the wives of the astronauts, and I'm like, "No, I'm not. Wasn't
1: about that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm like i guess i'm not down for that I but know. i can Sorry. i can
1: see the chick flick thing because i think it appeals to women in a different way it appeals for men because uh, yeah. it was it's all about women yeah. and it's all about black women so sure. so so uh yes you know Kevin costner's in it so i mean there's you know and the guy from big bang theory um, oh really yeah sheldon yeah yeah and uh huh. and but he plays a completely opposite role from what he does in big bang theory he's very uh well, I guess uh, not completely opposite. Very stoic, very rude, very you know. His, that his, sounds exactly so like Sheldon. He still so has, maybe it's exactly. That's no, what I'm saying. He still has that, <laughs> yeah. but it's more subdued. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, but anyway, it was it was it was really good. I right. I, uh, I enjoyed it. Okay. But Melanie, this is the second time she had seen it because she went with the girls. She went with your wife. And yeah. Me and all. And so uh, she's like, it wasn't quite as funny with you as it was with the other girls. You know, like the things that made them laugh. That's right. Were yeah, chick type chick of things. things yeah, <laughs> you're just like meh. But but I, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was good.
0: That's good. I watched Split on Sunday, dude. I,
1: I wanted to see that because you told me that was good. Oh
0: my gosh! It's still like that's probably the, my favorite movie I've watched this year, and it, it was even better than Rogue One. Rogue One was really awesome. Wow. But this movie had me in my like on the edge of my seat the entire mm-hmm. time. The main character. Um Which is James
1: McAvoy, right? Yeah, he's
0: come a long way from playing Mr. Tumnus. I'll tell you <laughs> that much right now. This guy did perfect perfectly displaying uh um what's it called? Um multiple personality disorder. Right, right. And it is this, there's this great hook and oh my goodness. Yeah, don't spoil it. It's amazing. haven't seen it yet. You just, I, I'll probably go with you when you see this again. Okay. Because I, I, I have to go watch it again. It's just that good. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh,
1: M. Night, he is making a comeback, dude. He really is. Like the last movie he did, The Visit, that was an amazing. That movie. was really good, wasn't I, it? I love that, and so yeah. So this looks like it'll be really good.
0: Yeah, it's epic. So,
1: so, so Anyways, have you heard the Secret Fire podcast? I haven't heard
0: it. Have you oh, heard it? Yes, it's... I've been I've been catching up on my Finding Christ in Cinema, so I haven't had a chance. To... Oh,
1: okay. Well, see now you got
0: to do double. get pull double. <laughs> yeah, duty. I guess so.
1: So, uh, okay. So those of you who aren't in the know, we have a new show on yeah. the GCT Network. Uh the Secret Fire podcast, which is about primarily about uh Christian themes in the Lord of the Rings and and the the whole tolkien universe right so um I mean it's primarily a just a tolkien podcast, yeah but Michael and Brendan are the host as well, and they're drawing out
0: you these know I, concepts I think that if if there were if there were if somebody could get their doctorate in Tolkien literature. Or in Tolkien the Tolkien mm-hmm. I think that Michael deserves an honorary doctorate. <laughs> For as much as he knows about the Dr. Stuff,
1: Hansen. Dr. Hansen and is. the Secret
0: Fire the Co- Secret. podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Dr. Hansen's Secret Fire podcast. <laughs> we, uh, that's well, great.
1: The name of the, the name of the show comes from uh, you might even remember it it made its way into the movies whenever um, whenever Gandalf is at the 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 bridge there with the uh, what do you call the Balrog? Yeah, you shall, you shall not, not pass. pass. Okay, the whole, but <laughs> but before that, you know, he says, "I am the keeper of the of the secret fire," or what? I, I'm getting it all wrong, so Michael will have to correct it. <laughs> but anyway, he mentions it there. Okay, right. And so uh, at one point, Tolkien was asked, "What is this secret fire thing?" And even though he's been, he was really big on my, my stories aren't allegory, blah blah blah. Right. There really is a lot of allegory there, right, and so uh he came right out and said it's the holy spirit <laughs> and, and that's so awesome yeah the 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 one of the quotes in his writings about it is um the flame sent to burn at the heart of the world, and so
0: that's the holy spirit. yeah,
1: so anyway, it was that's a fitting
0: name, brilliant, and I enjoyed doing the artwork for that so <laughs> nice yeah i I love that artwork, it's beautiful artwork, it's very retro seventies,
1: yeah. Like paperback, Great, dime store, dime store sci-fi, yeah,
0: yeah, good stuff.
1: <laughs> so anyway, uh, good luck to um, Michael and to Michael and Brendan at, on launching the new right. show.
0: Uh, so far, so good. So much that happened this week. Trump got inaugurated.
1: Yeah, and 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 you know, we had a few outbreaks, but of uh, violence there in DC, I guess. But there wasn't like no. Nah. It wasn't. There were like ninety
0: arrests in, in DC, which was expected, but you know, mm-hmm. the, they got a they got a it revolt. Just, so
1: and and man, me, uh, social media is just going bonkers. Right? I'm so tired. People of People are like, "Hey, I need to turn off the political, so yeah. I, I don't see these political rants." And you know, Ugh. and I'm I'm getting from both sides because I got facebook friends it's or whatever so on both sides of the thing and so one of them's going not my president not my i ain't you know and then the other side is is like just shut up it. you're get a bunch of it. snowflakes
0: so it- it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know <laughs> we should do a video you know doing that as an impression <laughs> like,
1: good bad or indifferent yeah There's, you know we're gonna have to deal with whatever right that's so funny oh man crash is still on throne (laughs) amen nobody's usurped that guy yet all right so were we ready to talk about this thing
0: hey let's do it
1: okay so today we're talking about the Good Samaritan. Yes. We haven't really done this one yet.
0: No. Well, I mean, and I thought one one thing that we need to do, put it on the list, if if we have a list. Yeah, I've got, got a list, yes. man.
1: It, it's growing now. If I um,
0: favorite Bible stories. Have we done that one yet?
1: Uh, we did something similar because remember we had, uh, you pulled out Jeremiah and the dirty underwear.
0: Oh yeah. Favorite gross <laughs> stories, I guess. But it just turned weird. Favorite parables, maybe favorite parables, something like that. This is, a, this has got to be up there for me. This is one of the best. And, uh, it's very, where it's placed is so obscure to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, but Luke is so like that.
1: Well, but if you start doing the harmony mm-hmm. type of thing, um, there, there is some cohesiveness happening if you tie it to Matthew twenty-two, because um, I we this might be the same event,
0: but it may not be. <laughs>
1: you know, you got those those types of things that that happen.
0: All right, explain in parallels. Yeah, okay.
1: So you know, in Matthew twenty-two, you have this. He's had, he has audience with the Sadducees, right? And one of them, a lawyer, comes up and says, okay. And it says he was trying to trick him. And he says, "Uh, teacher, what is the um, greatest command? And he's hoping to try and trip him up. Right. And he
0: turns to Deuteronomy. This is in verse 34, right? Through the 40.
1: Yeah. So he goes to Deuteronomy uh, 5 and 6 and basically uh, throws out the Shema. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, you must love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, strength, and and the second's likened to it, you should love your neighbor as yourself. Right. Well, that's where Matthew kind of just drops the conversation. Uh and so in Luke twenty or Luke ten, we have a similar See, and thing. I don't know
0: if this is the same thing though, because It might not be. This is a Sadducee, right? Mm-hmm. And according to Matthew A lawyer. A lawyer, but he's a Sadducee, so he doesn't right. believe in a resurrection or eternal life. Right. But in Luke ten, the question is What must I do to inherit eternal life, right? Yeah, but that could be... His trick? It
1: could be a trick question. I mean, it could be him trying to say, oh, eternal life, huh? Right. Well, what must one actually do to To get this eternal eternal life? life. So, I mean, it could be being posed from that snarky standpoint. That gives
0: me a whole new outlook on that. That's interesting. That's something I hadn't thought of before. Yeah. For me, it, it's it is kind of discombobulated a little bit because he's this is right after he sent out the seventy two, mm-hmm. right before he visits Mary and Martha, and it's just this obscure little. Yeah. Oh yeah, and by the way, there was this lawyer, and this lawyer said this, <laughs> right? Which you know, Luke is all about that again. Like I'm, like, like I said, Luke is all about uh, really what Jesus says, right?
1: Well, he's about. Jesus humanity. Right. He wants, to appeal, he wants to appeal to people to see Jesus and his compassion and his humanity and his loving kindness. I mean, that's why you have all these stories with, um, with well, like, that's one of the reasons why his birth is so elaborated on. And, right. You know, stuff like that.
0: Well, so, and every time he sends out, like, he sends out the 12, he sends out the 72, their job is to go and heal. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That's what he's. Mm-hmm. That's what he sends them out to do, and then they go and tell them that you know the kingdom of God is at hand. But right. it's it's really, yeah, it's, it's really focused on loving other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole gospel is, and so
1: well, the Shema is referenced in the Synoptic Gospels. Right, it, uh, it's not mentioned in John, but it is, and and it's in kind of a different place in each one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where it is in Luke and Matthew 22 is where it is in Matthew. Right. So, um I mean it, it's it's kind of a puzzle and the point is not uh, one of the things that I mean we talked about this before, the sure. point is not that the the gospels are unified, mm-hmm. but they are harmonious. Right. So
0: it happened is what
1: Right. So it it, it makes sense that um Whenever we see this, this happening, it says, uh, verse 25 of Luke 10, it says, And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, mm-hmm. saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And <laughs> so actually the lawyer is the one who quotes the Shema. Right. You know? it says, And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Now, here's an interesting thing. Both this and Matthew 22 misquote the Shema. Like uh, this whole thing about, uh, and I'll make sure I don't say it wrong. I think the the strength issue is not there in the actual Shema. Let me jump over to uh, Deuteronomy 6 right quick. Verse 4 and 5. Verse 4. Yeah, the Lord, our God is one God, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Okay, mind is what is missing here. So the uh, the reason, and, and people like to break this down, heart is is the feeling or the the emotion behind it, mind is the logical side of it, and your soul is the... Uh, non corporeal side of the you, essence your of it, essence uh, of you, and of course, might being strength. strength. Mm-hmm. So um, or will. But it's interesting that in the, these gospels, it, that is included, um, and and because it does say here, the lawyer does say, "With all your strength and with all your mind,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and your neighbor as yourself." And uh, so it is interesting that each one of these synoptic gospels mentions mind. So it's like, okay, is this the same right. event? That's a, that question kind of just keeps hanging there.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So there's a couple things that I want to I want to look at about who this lawyer is for a second. Okay. So obviously the the scripture says he's a lawyer. So. He's big on the law,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And he he obviously knows his law because he's he's the guy that replies back to Jesus the Shema, right? Which is the thing that, by the way, they would like write in little scripture, right? Write, write yep. in, in little scrolls and bind on their heads. Mm-hmm. Right? They put it
1: in what's called a Teflin. yeah, which is a box, <laughs> and, and, and they'd r- strap it to their forehead. They
0: wear it on their forehead, or they'd write it on leather.
1: Yeah, thing. and they, it, it also goes in a box in your hand, right. and there's a strap, strap that thing. wraps around your arm. So this you, shall be bound to your arm. Right.
0: <laughs> they wrote it on the doorposts of their houses. Yeah, the mezuzah. Right. They
1: would put the shema in,
0: in a little container on the doorpost. Right. So this, you know, this was the law, mm-hmm. and then everything flowed under it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this lawyer obviously knew something, but or knew the law. But he's questioning Jesus. So my, I guess my biggest question is, what does this lawyer think about Jesus? Why is he questioning <laughs> him? He's probably thinking that Jesus is a lawbreaker more than anything else. Mm. Because here's a guy that's breaking the Sabbath, Yeah, that's teaching his disciples to break the Sabbath, that doesn't seem like he has any respect for any of their, their traditions. Right. Uh, especially his Pharisees or in his Sadducees who, you know, try to uphold every little tradition they have. You know, this is a guy who's not walking around with the Shema written on a (laughs) scroll on his forehead. Right. And bound to his arm. And, you know, this is a guy that, that seems like he's, he's doing everything the wrong way. So according to this lawyer, I think Jesus looks to him to be a lawbreaker and uh, a false teacher, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. An enemy of God. Right. That's who the...
1: Yeah, he's he's trying to trick him in some way because it says he's trying to put him to the test.
0: That's who this judge thinks Jesus is, right? Yeah. And so his goal is to expose him.
1: Yeah. And of course, Jesus answers answers him and he says, and he said to him, you've answered correctly. (laughs) Do this and you will live. Um, So he says, but he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So this is kind of one of the first big points that I want to kind of make out of this, is that this conversation begins in terms of law. Right, commandments. I want, because that's exactly what he asked him in. If we go to the Matthew, right, what is the greatest command? Yeah, what is the greatest commandment. <clears throat> and so, they're talking in terms of law keeping. Yeah, and one of the big things about law keeping, if you're, uh, if you're a legalist, there's always a loophole and that's one of the problems with the law that's yeah. one, is that you can find another law that will allow you to circumvent a law or you can find the law doesn't specify a certain thing and it allows you to get past the law by a perfect example of this i believe is in mark 7 whenever jesus and his disciples are walking through the field right and they're plucking the grain and right. eating it yeah. and um no, they're eating with unwashed hands in that one. And, and the Pharisees call them out. Y- you guys aren't following the, the command. You're not yeah. following the law, the, the traditions of the elders yes. of washing hands. And, of course, Jesus goes into this whole thing about it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out. But then he says, you guys constantly do this. He's like, you law keepers. <laughs> and he says, here's the problem that I have with you guys. You will use one law to break another one, so you will use this this tradition of Corbin to allow you to get out of the fifth commandment,
0: honoring your father, of honoring
1: your father and your mother. Yeah, and so how what he's talking about there is this law of Corbin was a way of of basically you could give more than you uh, could afford. Right. You could give everything, actually, to the temple as a gift. Right. And because they didn't want you starving to death if you did that, if you had it in the kindness of the law was written so that if in the kindness of your heart you give everything to the temple, then you can actually go live off of it. You can go eat the grain that you've given. You can go, you know, use whatever to pay your, I mean, you could actually still utilize what your gift, right? but it wasn't yours anymore. It was the temple's. Right. Now here's what these guys were doing. They were saying, sorry, mom and dad, I
0: gave, everything.
1: <clears throat> I gave everything to the temple and I can't afford to take you in and care for you or take care of you, which is a big part of the Jewish culture and should be a big part of a lot of people's right. culture. <laughs> but, uh, so the, so what Jesus was saying is you're dishonoring your father and your mother. Yeah. You're disobeying the law by using another law. Yeah. So this is the problem with, with law keeping is you, there's always a loophole.
0: That's right.
1: And that's exactly what the lawyer here is trying to do. He's saying, "Okay, love your neighbor as yourself is part of the law. I get that. But how do we define?" Sounds like a lawyer, doesn't it? Yeah. How do we define this word neighbor? Now, how many times do we get in arguments with people over scriptural issues and blah blah blah? And it comes down to breaking the word down into the original Greek and then going back and finding out exactly what that word means, right. and then <laughs> trying to to
0: nitpick.
1: Yes, figure out a way when they were just talking or yeah. they were just writing what was in their what G, what God was inspiring them to write. Right. But but we want to try and say, well, it doesn't apply to me. Yeah. Because blah, 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 blah. Right. And that's kind of what he's doing here. He's looking for a loophole this way out. You know, I, let's define this term neighbor. Mm-hmm. So then I can find out what exactly I have to do and what I don't have to do. And to be honest with you, what we're going to be getting to here in a, in a minute is I've been in this direct conversation mm-hmm. with people because as you listeners know, I've got a heart for Haiti. I've been to Haiti several times. I serve there quite regularly. And that causes problems for some people. Right. And it's, it's like, oh, well, by the way, I'm serving here locally too. <laughs> so people can't really make the argument they like to make, which is why are you running off over there to Haiti and right. not helping these people? So it's kind of like they're asking the question Who's your neighbor? Apparently, you don't know who your neighbor is. Yeah,
0: and it's the <laughs> wrong question to ask. Right? <laughs> That's the point. It's the wrong question. That's how we should should be asking. And so Jesus kind of points that out in this parable. Yeah. Right? So All right, so here we go. <clears> okay. <throat> um, Jesus made answer. I guess we're KJ, so why not? Jesus, I was in the ESV, but go ahead. You were in the ESV? I was. That sounded KJ. He said unto him... Thou hast answered, right? Do this and thou shalt live. I didn't live. say
1: that. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. That's ESV.
0: My bad. I thought we were in KJ. <laughs> but so, go ahead.
1: I'm going to go KJ. I'm good with the KJ. All right, here we go. The authorized, the, <laughs> the
0: actual the authorized version, authorized version sure, of the Bible. Here we go. Jesus made answer. <laughs> <it. clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> Jesus made answer and said, a certain man... Was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. couple things to notice in this first verse here. He doesn't make mention of who the man is. That's typical parables. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He says a certain man. He doesn't say a certain Jew. That's true. He doesn't say a certain gentile, <laughs> right? <laughs> he doesn't say a certain Pharisee. He doesn't say anything. He says a certain man. So this is just a generic mm-hmm. man. Okay? Yeah. Okay. So we go. And I think this is important because the question is, who's my neighbor?
1: Yeah. So it'd be good to know who this guy was, really.
0: Right. Exactly. But <laughs> Jesus doesn't give him that. Mm-hmm. He just says a certain man. Um, the other thing, this road is famous back then, so this guy would have immediately known about this road the road from Jerusalem to Jericho. And this is just directly from uh, a really good commentary. Jerusalem to Jericho is 18 miles long, descends about 3,500 feet. um, And about two miles from Jerusalem, it passes through the village of Bethany. For the rest of the 18 miles, it passes through desolate mountain ravines without any habitation, only one inn. There used to be one inn, Mm -hmm. the ruins of which are still seen about halfway to Jericho. The distance from that time so the present has been noted for robberies uh and jerome tells us that the road was called the bloody way mm. okay so jesus is using a real time this is something that happens a lot back then okay so yeah. jesus is using a, a realistic example so yeah
1: so they would have known and this is probably a well-trafficked
0: Highway. Right. People are going to Jerusalem. So people would know about this. Mm -hmm. And perhaps, I don't know, this is just me thinking. Perhaps this judge has passed by a man (laughs) who was beaten and bloodied on that road before. I think that that would be brilliant for Jesus to do that. Be like, oh, you want to know who your neighbor is? It's that guy that yeah, you left. Yeah, you already there. met him. <laughs> you messed up, man. You don't get it. It's that guy you left up over there, bloody dude. Dude. <laughs> That would be very Jesus-esque. It would be. Yes. Anyways, but that that's not there, so we can't say for certain. Certain man, us. nod, nod, wink, <laughs> wink, you know what I mean? Nudge, nudge, you know what I mean? <laughs> say them no all. All right, verse 31. And by chance, a certain priest was going down that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side.
1: Okay, so the first thing that comes to mind here, and... Is why would Jesus choose a priest? Hmm. Okay, well the priests were, were is are holy people, right? They're godly people. In fact, they are um, of the line of their of the line of Levite, and of the line of not just Levites but of Aaron. Right. So they they had very specific important lineage. These are important people, and they're people that you would look up to as a good Jewish boy, as as a servant of God. And so this this is what his whole point is, is, is that the ones who appear righteous, the ones who project righteousness, even ones who are called to righteousness or called to leadership, are not always the people doing what they need to be doing right so there's kind of there's other things at, at, at play here uh this is talking this is addressing self righteousness it's addressing um hypocrisy it's ad- it's addressing many things right in this small in this small answer or this answer to this very small question of who, who is my neighbor exactly and so it's not always the guy that your preacher says is <laughs> Is the neighbor, right? Exactly. Um and so that's kind of what he's saying here is that uh let's let's start with the, the highest of the high, the guy that can actually enter into the holy place. Yeah. And be next to the coven the, the ark, if it was still there, but it wasn't at this point. But anyway, the guy who could be in the holiest of holies. A priest. A priest of Judea. I mean of, of Jerusalem, of uh Israel. So First off, that's that's the main thing, and he says that uh, that he was see he passed him
0: by. He didn't just pass him by; he went on the the other side of the road. So he saw that he's like, Ew, "What is that thing on the road?" And he went over to the other side uh, again. With my whole real world scenario, I think mm-hmm. Jesus is hardcore in Jericho. There was a large priestly settlement. Mm-hmm. The Hasmonians. Mm-hmm. Right? So again, with my real world, the priests would have been traveling this road all the time. Yeah. And I wonder how many of them <coughs> had gone, oh, there's a bloody guy on the side of the road and passed by him.
1: If there then there were lots of robbers and That's right. Mm-hmm. So
0: again, I, I I think this is a real world scenario well, he's given him.
1: And here's another thing that I that I find in here is plausible deniability. He's passing by On the other side So it's not just You know Who grows I mean that may be there too But it's also Ah oh, I didn't see him <laughs> See what I mean <laughs> Yeah and, and I mean We're all we, I think we've all Kind of been there at A time or two We're oh. driving down the road And you see someone Who has got a flat Or whatever On the side of the road And you can tell That they're struggling Or whatever But you gotta be at a meeting Or you gotta be wherever You gotta be at church Right <laughs> Sure <laughs>
0: Or <laughs> you got to go preach a sermon, <laughs>
1: right? <laughs> you can't be late. You're already late, and it's like, dude, I'm, I'm the I'm the I'm pastor. In my, I'm in
0: my suit and tie. <laughs> I don't want to get can't it dirty. change the tire. Yeah,
1: and so you just kind of blow by them, and you just pretend not to. But you know, even more so, like I'm in Dallas all the time, like driving in downtown Dallas. Yeah, and there are vagrants on virtually every, every corner. corner. Yeah. And you just can't help them all anyway. Right. And I do, I find myself sitting at a red light, looking straight ahead, dead eye, thousand you know you don't want to catch a thousand yard <laughs> stare, because I do not want to look that person no, in the face you and not give them something.
0: Right. Cause you know the minute you catch their eye, you're going to go, ah, here you go. You I, that's
1: me emitting my hypocrisy, <laughs> yeah.
0: right? We all do that
1: because it's like I'm 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 sitting here and I don't want to look at this person in the face because then I in my mind I've got some sort of weird w- plausible deniability. I guess I don't know, but it's that's a that's a thing. Sure, and you know it's like God the the guy who's on the Christian podcast he's not even helping right people on the side of the road, <laughs> so <hilarious. laughs> or whatever.
0: Wow, alright, so <coughs> this priest passes by on the other side So again, he's hitting the, the highest order um, Verse 32, and in a like manner, a Levite uh, Also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side Alright, uh, so the tribe of Levi mm-hmm. Okay, Levite. Uh, these were also ministers Right. Yes, they
1: would be ministering to the priest if they weren't in the line of, if they weren't priests. If
0: they weren't priests, they would be ministering
1: to the <clears throat> priest. <clears throat> Correct. So this is like, okay, so even, okay, we started with the guy at the top, and he had plausible deniability, walked around the situation. The guy coming up behind him, similarly religious or so-called righteous or whatever, and he's following it up. Let's see how he handles it. So, basically the same way. <laughs> right. <laughs> Saw him and passed by on the other side.
0: Sure. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's basically the same thing twice. Mm-hmm. Um, verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, where he was... Uh, sorry. But a certain Samaritan passed by where he was... And when he saw him, he was moved with compassion.
1: Hmm. That's the key. Yeah. That's the key of who is your neighbor, if we want to really get down to it.
0: Right. Moved with compassion. Mm -hmm. A desire, an overwhelming desire of love.
1: Yeah. What makes you have compassion for people?
0: Right. Love. And the word (laughs) compassion... It's almost like a word pity, mm-hmm. right? It took pity on him, felt sorry for him, was worried about him, became almost a protector. Right. Right? And so that's that's the idea. Um, and he came to him, bound up his wounds, pouring on them oil and wine, uh, and he set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him.
1: Hang on a second. I want to back up before we get into that. Oh, okay. yeah. I'm still stuck on the compassion thing. I'm <clears throat> looking here at the Greek. Now the the word I'm not going to try and pronounce it. It's like splag it's weird. Okay. But but anyway, <laughs> it it means to have ding dong. Well, definition. the first definition is to have bowels. There you go. <laughs> I have compassion.
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: but getting past that Figuratively mm-hmm. feel sympathy or pity to be moved with compassion. And so um let's go let's think just a second back to the Shema of how we're supposed to love God with all your heart. So if we go back to what commentators generally want to try to do with this is mm-hmm. say, okay, the heart means that's your Feelings, your, your sympathies, emotions. your emotions, and all that sort of thing. So, we have that coming into play in this Samaritan. That's part of what defines the very law itself is starting to define who your neighbor is. Right. Is, is there a heartfelt movement that's happening inside? And you see the comparison of bowels.
0: <laughs> right? It's a movement, it's a feeling that you have. And Ooh. of course,
1: you know we've, you know, we we've got our mind in the in the junior high um, <laughs> locker room, but but that's a, 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 a still a real world comparison right. of this movement inside, a feeling inside that that draws you to do something. So, okay, go ahead. You, you you were reading what he was what what he did
0: right okay so he so he bound him uh he put him on his beast he took him to an inn uh and on the morrow he took out two shillings um and gave them to the host and said take care of him and whatsoever whatsoever thou spendest more i when i come back again will repay thee okay um so a couple things you can gather. First off, this word Samaritan. People take this so lighthearted today. They don't. They don't. They They do not get. Oh yeah, we just the kinda jumped brevity <clears throat> of of Samaritans. Um, it would be as the the ESV Study Bible here says.
1: Culturally, it would have been unthinkable for a Samaritan to help a Jew. Yeah unthinkable
0: well okay so let's let's look at the let's look at the history of the samaritans for just a recap real quick uh when the northern southern kingdom split uh samaritans um intermarried right with other um i forget the assyrians is the Assyrians?
1: The Assyrians. Yeah.
0: yeah. Intermarried with the Assyrians uh, and had their Not own... Not by their
1: own will, by the way.
0: That was forced upon them by the Assyrians. Right. It was forced upon. <laughs> them. They were breeding them out. So, was... they be, so they became half-breed Jews. Right. But they had their own practices. They they had their own place of worship, their own temple, all that stuff. Uh, so when the Jews started rebuilding the temple, the Samaritans were the ones that gave them, gave them the most problem. In fact, the Samaritans would go and smear pig blood. mm over where they were building the <laughs> temple, and they don't have to stop and clean up that pig but because it was unclean, right? right? Right. Stop and clean that up before they kept building. So the Samaritans became a curse word to the Jews. <laughs> they hated them more than they hated the Romans, and that is saying something. <laughs> they hated the Romans with a red hot heat, but those Samaritans so much so that they would a Jew would not pat would not pass through a Samaritan. Uh, countryside or village. Right. They would go around Samaria. Yeah,
1: yeah, completely. That, that's why when Jesus meets the woman at the well, that was a really wacky, weird thing because he, by by all uh, intents and purposes, he should not have even been in the area right. where they were at.
0: So in a lot of ways, Jesus is flipping the script here. Yes. Notice what, what's happening. The Jews will go on the other side of the road and not even travel through Samaria. Mm-hmm. And yet the Samaritan is willing to take care of who knows was this a Jewish man? A lot of people think, yeah it had to have been a Jewish man because it doesn't specifically say otherwise mm-hmm. so the Samaritan's willing to travel and pick up this this Jew <laughs> so Jesus is just rubbing it into this judge, yeah, now he's not just saying you know uh it wasn't it wasn't a uh it wasn't. A, it wasn't even
1: a semi righteous guy.
0: Right. It was a fully, in your view, a fully corrupt man. A sinner. A sinner. Mm-hmm. The worst of the worst.
1: A half breed physically and a half
0: breed spiritually. spiritually. And here he is, and he's the one that picks up that guy, puts him on his beast, and carries him. Now, he gives. He takes two shillings out and then he tells the guy, Tomorrow, if you have more money, I'll come. Uh, if you need more money, I'll come back and pay. That tells the reader that this guy probably wasn't a rich man. Yeah. He he probably didn't. Because he have didn't a lot even know money. if he had
1: enough for the room for the night. Exactly. He would have had to have go back home and come back. Okay. Okay. So I, I want to go back to the Shema. Yeah. Okay. Love God with all your heart, with all your mind. So that that gets brought up. Okay, so if, if you're if you're doing that now we're getting out of the feelings and into the logic of things. So he's not just like saying, okay, here's a here's a here's a couple of bucks. Um God bless you. You know, have a good day. And it was it, he put thought right into this man's well being. Like he from, from what I understand, there wasn't a lot of lodging. There wasn't a lot of... There was like one major inn on this road, which means he had to put some work into this. He, you're carrying an injured person, probably on a burrow, that you've already packed for other things. Right. and This is the height of inconvenience. Right. <laughs> and, and you've got to think, how am I going to take care of this guy?
0: Right.
1: It's not, I can't just bandage him and leave him here on the side of the road. So he has to start planning a plan. My plan is I'm going to find I'm going to take him all the way to the end, however far it might have been from where this happened on the road. Right. And I'm going to have to take whatever money I have, which is not enough for this and and I'm going to give everything I got and then I might have to go back home and get some more money. <laughs> so there's planning here. Right. This is using your mind. To love people. Right. And and so, and then, of course, then you've got, with all your might. This was hard work. This was not easy. This had to be an inconvenience for the Samaritan. We don't know where he was going, what his plans right. were, but surely he had plans if he was making the trip between Jericho and Jerusalem. Right. And so there was work here that was not planned. He might have... Whatever event he was heading to, what whether it was a family thing or whatever, there's a very good chance that he was either late or missed it entirely. Uh, it was a huge inconvenience to him. And so it took a lot of his strength, mentally, physically, and everything to do this. So Jesus is like giving a story of a guy that is exemplifying the love in the Shema that's, that's spoken of in the Shema
0: right. to
1: the neighbors.
0: Right. Yes, and that's where that's where I want to get. All right, okay. so um, so the innkeeper. Uh, so he says to the innkeeper, "Take care of him. Whatever thou spendest more, I, when I come back again, will repay ye." Okay. Mm-hmm. Verse thirty six. This is Jesus talking to the judge, and he says, "This which of these three thinkest thou proved neighbor unto him that fell among the robbers?" Yes. Instead of saying which one of these people considered that guy as a neighbor. Right. He says, which one of these people was a neighbor to that guy. Yeah. What he's doing is again, flipping the script on mm-hmm. the, on this, this guy who's asking, okay, so who's my neighbor. Right. Jesus is saying, who are you being a neighbor to?
1: Right. It, and, and the, here's, Man, this is where this whole thing gets, like when people start questioning who you serve and why you serve them and all this sort of thing, they're going down the wrong path. Right. They're not listening to what is being said here. The, the, for example, was this man on the side of the road physically a neighbor to the Samaritan? No. Highly unlikely. No. We don't know who the guy was. We don't know if he was a Samaritan himself, but unlikely based on how the story is being told, it's probably not. He's probably a Jew. Right. If he was a Jew, he's not living in Samaria, so he's not a physical neighbor yeah. to this guy. But somehow we take this a little too too literally. Like like everyone wants to to emphasize that you can only really serve locally. In your ministry, mm. that that you know, a lot of people are opposed to foreign mission work uh, because there are things to do here, and this is true. There was probably neighbors in Samaria, right? But what he's saying is, when you see opportunity, when you see need, and when you have the means to help that person, is your neighbor,
0: right? And more than that, he's saying you are that person's neighbor.
1: Yes. Jesus be is that saying, neighbor
0: be a good neighbor when I think about that that whole statement I think of some good neighbors in my past right mm-hmm. there are some horrible neighbors and there's some really good neighbors there are some awesome people that just cut my grass without me knowing it you know or or invited me into the neighborhood or you know so the message isn't look around and try to find your neighbors the message is be a good neighbor to everyone you meet. And that's what Jesus is saying. The guy says, uh, the judge, and he said, he that showed mercy on him, he was the neighbor. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus simply answers, go and do thou likewise. But my biggest thing is, going back to the original question, how do we inherit eternal life? (laughs) And Jesus answers with that, you know the Shema, and then the guy says, who's my neighbor? And going back to that whole compassion thing, mm-hmm. there's a correlation there. Yes. If you're moved to compassion, it is a evidence of your surrendering to Christ.
1: That's correct.
0: And that that's the picture of eternal life.
1: Well, and that's why uh, in the Matthew 22 uh, passage, it says upon these two commands hangs all the law and the prophets now what he meant by that was the torah yeah and the nevaim so he's talking about their bible the right. whole bible hangs, hangs on, on those two commandments in other words that is the source of everything if if you if if you in your doctrinal beliefs Are compelled to, you have to do this or you have to do that, and it's not tied to one of these two main things, then you're not in the right place. Right. Right? Everything has to come back to loving God and loving your neighbor. Everything hangs on that. And this gets expanded on whenever you get into, uh, like, like the Pauline letters in Romans uh, chapter 13... Um. Oh man. He he says there in um. I mean, is it thirteen or is it, no, it's ten, and uh, no, 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 that's right, it's thirteen. He says there in verse eight. He says, "Oh no, man, anything but to love your neighbor, mm-hmm. to love him. For the person who loves will not disobey the law. In other words, you. He says you won't kill somebody. You won't commit adultery." Right. Because you love them, and so that drives your behavior more so than a law.
0: If you if you love God and you love everyone else, then you are going to naturally be moved to compassion when you see somebody mm-hmm. in need. It's going to be a natural natural occurrence.
1: So if there is some uh, doctrinal c- dispute or anything like that
0: between you, may be a half breed. Yeah,
1: whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you may be a uh, half free physically and spiritually you can't
1: let that stop you from loving your neighbor yeah you can't let that stop you and that's exactly or one of the points Jesus is trying to make to this guy he is like yes you do not get along with samaritans i understand that and he even told the lady at the well you samaritans don't understand where salvation comes from. Right. It comes from the Jews. The Jews, that's right. So, I mean, he didn't think that the Samaritans are right with God, but he is basically saying, look, you've got to get past that and help people because that is how I'm seen. I am seen through your love. Right. That's, that, and that has to happen. You can't be like, oh, well, that person, uh, they go to this church over there that, you know, I don't, quite agree with. And so I can't help them.
0: Well, it's not even, I can't help them. How about this? Let's, let's change it up a little bit. So the Samaritans lying on the road and the, the Levites, they are not the Samaritan, but the, the guy is lying on the road and the Levites there and he's about to walk over and help that guy. But then the Samaritan starts helping him. And he's like, Oh, I can't help that guy <laughs> because, right, the, because Samaritan's the Samaritan's there. Him, so we can't <clears> work together because um, we're not because
1: there's a difference in us. Yeah,
0: we're we're different. So I'll just let him take. I'll care I'll of it. set
1: my love aside. I'll yeah. set my neighbor. My compassion. My compassion aside, my aside compassion because aside. of
0: doctrinal issues. Right,
1: and that's not. And this is the type of thing that Jesus is dealing with with these Pharisees, legalists, and and Sadducees uh, all through uh, yeah. the whole process. Is that they're so caught up in the legalisms and the laws and, and that sort of thing, they're missing the point. They're missing the entire you
0: strain point. in a net and swallow a camel.
1: Yeah, he says, you've given a tenth of what you earn. You've given uh, cumin and and you've tied all these great things. And he was like, but you're missing what he calls the weight here matters of the law, which are love mercy and justice and you have you should have been focused on those yeah but instead you're focused on that dotting all your i's and crossing all your t's (laughs) Uh. totally missing the point by the way some guys laying on the side of the road dying while you're while you're debating whether whether or
0: not you can help that guy with somebody else yeah, or or uh, anyways,
1: or that you could whether or not you can hurt help that person at all because right. of your um, your standing or your time or you know there's there's tons of reasons why we don't help people, tons of reasons and, and you know to, in today's world with the media that we have and the um, we we've we've got the internet. And you can see what's going on all right. over this planet. The, the information that's available to us today so far exceeds anything that has ever existed in the history of the world. We can see st- statistics on how many people are dying in this country or that country or how much water they have available to them in this place or that place. How starved these people are in India or Africa or Haiti or any number right. of places the knowledge is there there are people laying on the side of the road for you yeah all over the planet yeah the question is which ones are you going to go to first right it's not it, i mean it literally is that simple at this point the needs are there the question is are we going to walk by on the other side turn the tv on you, uh, you know there's a i love in, back in the 80s I'm like kid of the 80s, right? So I loved Phil Collins back in the 80s. The studio, you know, the No Jacket Required album, love that thing. There's a song, it's a deep track on there um, called Long, Long Way to Go. And it never dawned on me as a kid when I'm listening to this. I just loved it because it was dark and scary sounding. And and, and (laughs) it it was kind of like in the air tonight.
0: Right.
1: But the words... that song now rip my heart out dude it's like it is so and i didn't even really think about how big of a heart that phil collins had for the needy it comes through in a lot of his songs and this particular song is like um we're gonna sit here and talk and talk and talk some more and i'm gonna try and convince you that you need to help somebody. But while we're talking, someone's loved one lies dead in the, in the gutter somewhere. He says, you may see that we've got a long, long way to go, but I don't want to listen anymore. <laughs> and he's like, turn it off if you want to. Turn it off. It'll go away. Just walk away. And, and basically, he's talking about when you see a need, like on TV or whatever, you see something that's happening in another part of the world, it's real easy to pick up the remote control change the channel, turn it off. Sure. And, and that's basically how the song is going. I want to turn it off. I can't take this anymore. When you have the opportunity to help somebody, right. You're trying to stop the compassion, trying to stop that, that part in you of the Holy spirit who is saying, dude, Turn that back on. There is something there you need to hear. You need to know that there's a need here. And that need may be, it may be your real neighbor. It may be right next door, but it might be halfway across the world. And the cool thing is, is that the Holy Spirit is going to show you.
0: Exactly who you need to go to.
1: Where you need to go.
0: At the exact moment, always.
1: That long road from Jericho to Jerusalem is all over our lives.
0: It's our life. That's right.
1: We walk from Jericho to Jerusalem when we go to Disney World or the Grand Canyon or-, or the grocery store. On a freaking cruise in the Bahamas <laughs> where we get eaten so much we can't even stand it. There, as we are out and about, there are places and yeah. needs and all this, especially, you know, speaking of a cruise, you know, most of these cruises, when they stop at a port- those ports are some of the, like right past the, the resort uh-huh. is some of the biggest poverty you'll ever come across.
0: That's right.
1: You know, and you've got opportunities. Yeah. To help. So anyway, off my soapbox.
0: <laughs> so the point is, be a neighbor. The point is, everyone <clears throat> is your neighbor. And the point is, be moved to compassion by the Holy Spirit. And help and to stop worrying about little petty things, just give a little one a cup of water in jesus name right that's it that's it
1: and the thing the, the, the funny thing is is if you've got this, if you really got that agape love, then why are we nudging you I mean, it's, it's, it's like pointless. when you when you actually step out. And realize that you need to start doing something. When you actually take that step, it's almost addicting. Like that's almost a good word to use for it. Right. Because it feels so good to make a difference in someone's life. And it feels so good to be getting just a small taste of what God feels for you and what Jesus feels for you. You know, I mean, that's, it's a great way to be drawn closer to Jesus. And you feel closer to Jesus. You remember, it's it's no accident that he said, as much as you have done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. Amen. And there's nothing like holding (coughs) an orphan or someone who's in need's hand and praying for them, someone who is in pain or hurting or suffering, and just looking at them and seeing Jesus in that relationship and seeing Jesus in them. There's nothing like it. There's no other experience like it. And you, you're robbing yourself
0: as much as you're robbing anybody else. You walk away changed every time. Mm-hmm. And a little bit more compassion. Yeah. It's
1: humbling. It's humbling. It, there's there's so many things that happen in it, I mean, first time I came back from Haiti, I didn't want to eat a steak. <laughs> <anymore>.
0: Right,
1: <laughs> of course I got over that.
0: <laughs> you, but at you, the time, in Texas. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's right. But at the time, I was like disgusted with myself. I was disgusted with everyone around me. Sure. I was like all these gluttons, and I mean, it was just like, and me included. I mean, I'm including myself in that, and just felt disgusted. With the overabundance and all that sort of thing, and uh, of course, there's a, a, a balance that you have to kind of maintain—a reality in your mind—and keep moving forward. Right. Keep Amen. keep being the Samaritan. ooh You got some news, man? I do.
0: And now the news. Well, as I mentioned. Uh, a lot of this has to do with Trump because this is inauguration <laughs> and that's all this in the, in the news lately. Uh, something that's really interesting, uh, Cardinal Timothy Dolan, uh, was the one that to, uh, that prayed for president elect Donald Trump on the inauguration. Um, but he used a prayer that's very interesting for us, uh, fish Protestants. <laughs> um, you may have thought that you heard it from first Kings chapter 3 is a prayer from Solomon but it wasn't it was actually from the Apocrypha he used <laughs> it from it might be the first time ever that the Apocrypha was read at an inauguration which well, would be well that would not surprise me pretty me. amazing uh it was read from the wisdom of Solomon um which of course is the Apoc- Apocrypha so hey
1: it could be uh JFK's inauguration he was Catholic
0: it could be, but it wasn't, and it's really interesting <laughs> because okay, go ahead. doesn't doesn't uh, I think, I think that uh, Trump identifies as a as a Protestant evangelist, uh, a Protestant Christian. I think so, yeah. So it was very you know,
1: well. Franklin Graham was there too, Fra- and Franklin Graham gave a. Oh yeah, there were a, t- wa- a of um, people. Yeah. There were
0: like five or six different. Uh, he had five or six different evangelical yeah. people reading. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, the question was, rise again, should Protestants read the Apocrypha? So what do you think? Should Protestants read the Apocrypha? Of course the
1: the Protestants should read the Apocrypha, just because... But it's Apocrypha!
0: <laughs> it's due to canonical. <laughs>
1: It's not a Catholic writing; it's a Jewish writing.
0: Uh, that's not what I heard. That Pope wrote. <laughs> that Pope wrote all that stuff earlier.
1: There's great history, great poetry, great things in the Apocrypha. But
0: yeah, whatever. So, no, I'm joking. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Uh, For
1: Trump- more information, go to our Intertestamental. <laughs> that's right.
0: <laughs> uh, episode. Um, Donald Trump just reinstated a major policy blocking abortions. Today, President Trump signed an executive order reinstating the controversial uh, Mexico City policy. policy. The order says that no U.S. funding can go to NGOs um, around the world that provide abortions or even give referrals for women seeking abortions. The rule does not affect abortions in a case of incest, rape, or when a mother's life may be in danger. Uh, It wasn't for any Planned Parenthoods in the United States. Basically the order just stopped governmental funding for abortions outside the United States. Okay. So it's a huge step, step forward. That's right. Um, USAID currently gives about 600 million in aid organizations and countries around the world that provide health and reproductive services to women and families, with the ultimate goal of re- reducing mortality rates uh, for infants and mothers. The move isn't a major surprise. The policy was first created by the Reagan administration, was tossed out by President Clinton, revived by President Bush, and once again removed by President Obama, who, like Trump, signed the order in the days after he took office. So it's basically a it's a pendulum swinging order that goes back and forth and back and forth <laughs> uh, whenever Republican or Democrat. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: always like let's wipe this. out. Well, you know, that's one thing about Obama though is. Dude, he wrote so many pres- these presidential orders that, I mean, it almost his entire presidency can be wiped out with a stroke of
0: a pen. That's right, the whole thing. So Obamacare's up on the chopping block next. It'll mm. be very interesting to see um, uh, what happens. But, you know, who knows? But I think it's definitely a step in the right direction uh, for, you know... I uh I, I tell you this. Um you know how I feel about abortion, obviously. Uh Sunday was um uh what is it, National Abortion Awareness Day? Mm. Right. Abortion awareness day. It was also the year anniversary of my little girl when her mother graciously decided was on the way to the clinic and graciously decided not to have that abortion. Praise God. And so, I mean... She saw some propaganda or something that changed her mind, right? Some crazy sign out there that yeah. said, <laughs> you know, don't... Abortion is that. murder or That's whatever. Right. Yeah. And it changed her heart. Well, her heart was already in the right place. It just pushed her in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, God is just... And now little Lee is... Blessed us because of yes. that. That girl is perfect. And uh, so, anyways... You know, we just need to pray for that whole thing. Um, Speaking of abortion, abortion, America's abortion rate hits an all-time low. I know I've said this before, but it's even further now. The abortion rate in the United States declined to an all-time low, while the numbers of the lethal procedures dropped below a million for the first time since seventy-five, according to a new report in 1975. Wow. So, praise the Lord. Um, The Guttmacher Institute... Reported Tuesday that the rate fell to 14.6 abortions per 1,000 women, 15 to 44 years or older in 2014, which is a decline of 14 percent since its most recent survey of 2011. Um, so, big deal, and I think that it could, you know, it it could this this uh, bloody reign of terror could end in our lifetime, mm-hmm. maybe. So we'll see what happens. Um, anyways, this weekend's women's March made us history. People across the world marched in their respective cities as a unified showcase of resistance for women's rights. How many exactly? Just under 2 million. There are no official numbers yet, but city officials are using estimates to figure out how many participated in Sunday's march. There were reportedly around 500,000 people who marched in Washington, D.C. alone. According to Washington subway officials, Saturday was the second busiest day in the Metro's history, with 1 million... 1,613 trips taken. The other cities' participants in large numbers as well. There have been an estimated 250,000 marching in both Chicago and Boston, two hundred to 500,000 in New York, and somewhere between 200,000 and 750,000 in L.A. Not only were there sister marches in all 50 states, but in cities all over the world such as London, Buenos Aires, and even a larger group of women in New Delhi. Officials are still crunching numbers to figure out exactly how many participants marched on Saturday, but the event could have possibly been the largest one-day protest in U.S. history. So, uh, I don't know if you heard about the Women's March (laughs) this weekend, but it was a huge rally, and of course, the Donald Trump, um, anti-Donald Trump, People were in force with that too. Yeah. um, Because they believe a lot of his policies are anti women. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I can understand that. But uh, it was a huge, huge thing. So, all right. And today in, no, not today in Pope, (laughs) uh, not today in church history, uh, I got some Pope news. Brothers and sisters, come together.
1: You, or you thought you had some Pope name. No, I do.
0: Pope oh. to Donald Trump, I'm praying for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that an endorsement
0: or is that... Uh... <laughs> I, it's just, I'm praying for you. He, he, you know, he's the Pope. <laughs> On Friday, Pope Francis sent incoming President Donald Trump a letter, letting him know that he is praying for him and asking God to grant wisdom and strength. He wrote, Upon your inauguration as 45th President of the United States of America, I offer you my cordial good wishes... And the assurance of my prayers that Almighty God will grant you wisdom and strength in the exercise of your high office, at a time when our human family is bestest by uh, sorry bestest. I'm tired. <laughs> it's ten o'clock. Just so you know, at a time <laughs> when our human family go to school, right, is beset by grave humanitarian crises demanding uh, far-sighted and united political responses. I pray that your decisions will be guided by the rich spiritual and ethical values that have shaped the history of America's people, American people, and your nation's commitment to the advancement of human dignity and freedom worldwide. Under your leadership, may America's stature uh, continue to be measured above all in its concern for the poor, the outcast, and those in need who, like Lazarus, stand before our door. With these sentiments, I ask the Lord to grant you and your family and all the beloved American people his blessings of peace, cor- uh, concord, and every material and spiritual prosperity. Wow. I like that. Yeah. That's cool. <sighs> One more, and then I'm done. All right. Ohio just passed a law that makes abortion illegal at the moment a heartbeat can be detected.
1: Wow. it's pretty cool. That's pretty early on.
0: Yeah, right when the heartbeat. So, Okay, enough of uh, my banter. I'm done. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. All right, so we ready to get out of here? Yeah, let's do it, man. All right.
1: The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network, using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more, go to gctnetwork.com, subscribe to the newsletter, stay up to date with all of our shows, including Finding Christ in Cinema and The Secret Fire Podcast.
0: Visit our website at theonautspodcast.com for show notes and outlines. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. Be sure to rate us because that helps us reach a larger audience. There are several
1: ways you can contact us and leave us feedback. Send us email to... Theonauts at gctnetwork.com or call us on our voicemail line at 972-885-7270.
0: Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts. If
1: you like us and want more Theonauts, drop us a buck or two at patreon.com slash Theonauts. Your patronage helps in our expenses like hosting fees and equipment costs.
0: Don't forget to tune in again and explore the vast reaches of God's Word with us. All right. Thanks for being here, Jeremiah. Thank you, David. God bless.
1: This has been Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you.
0: You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission. This is your Great Commission transmission at GCTNetwork.com. This is your Great Commission transmission. Transmission. Some stories you and Mama told me they ain't in there.